I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Haints and Hoosh. Hoosh. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haints, Hooch, and history. Well, hello, podcast world. Thanks for tuning in. We are happy to bring you our stories tonight, our Haints and Hooch and Ozark um, world uh, to the outside world here. Um, I am Pam. I'm your host for this evening. Our feature story, or as we call it, the big one, goes to Deidre, and our little one goes to Dina. Hey. And our cocktail, <laughs> our cocktail, our hooch for the evening is from Dawn. So Dawn, you want to kick us off with your hooch? Well, I think for the first time, right, I struck out on this drink and for a number of reasons. So here's, okay, you guys, here's what I did. I Googled crescent and cocktail. <laughs> well, like the, you do. You know? Like you yeah. do. And, and the, why would you Google crescent well, and cocktail? Well, perhaps that has something to do with the big one. Oh. But I did that, and so what comes up? A crescent. So I like kind of looked it over, and I'm like, it's got all of the things I love. It has bourbon. I'm all with that. And I just looked at it, kind of looked like a Manhattan with some raspberry syrup, and I thought, oh my God, that sounds fabulous. Well, then a couple days before I had to make my liquor store run, I looked at that Ameripicone, whatever the hell that is, mm -hmm. I think originated in France and later it became Italian and now it's a wine and you can't get it anywhere and nothing substitutes for it. So, um, yeah, this was... <laughs> you know, oh, so I Give love us. bourbon, and I I don't like this drink because it uses so it's like a Manhattan. It's got all the things that a Manhattan has, except it it uses too much sweet vermouth. And it, well, so let me just say that the Americon, even in my big old town of Nashville, even in Belle Mead, I went to two different fancy wine foo foo places. Nobody had the Americon, so you know, yeah, you gotta I make know. the uh, adjustments as you need. Must right. be a European thing. I yes. wish, yeah, well, or a very fancy craft cocktail thing. Wouldn't it have been really funny if I'd found it here in Taney County and you guys couldn't? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I was even willing to make it. And, and the recipes, like one of them said, okay, get a little Campari or Aperol, but then you also need absinthe because it's herbal. So it's not just bitter and orange, it's herbal too. And then you need some wine I had never heard of. And I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be like my car payment. I can't, you know, <laughs> and nobody agreed on what it was. And then finally I found, um, I found a website that just said, you can't substitute anything. And I was like, okay. So I think we all made a version of this drink. And at, as we're speaking right now, nobody is drinking it. Oh, Pam is. No, no. I tell you, it grows on you. 
because I, I, <laughs> I'm toward the end of my first one. And, uh, you know, when we take our break, I just might go make me another one. So there oh, you go. Okay. Well, thanks, Pam. You saved my feelings because, but can I say this? Sure. Um, if you make that raspberry syrup stuff uh, that yeah. is also posted and you put that with club soda, yeah. perhaps some vodka. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That it's raspberry fabulous. syrup is, is really good. So what I did, I strained it and I had a whole bunch of like fruit pulp and, and seeds left over. And I think I'm going to try that on my toast in the morning. That or I was going to take some really crappy vodka and just soak the vodka in there because um, if you do that with cucumbers, it takes all the bad out of the bad vodka, you strain it all out, don't eat the cucumbers, and then you get this really lovely clean vodka. So I thought, well, maybe that raspberry pulp would do the same thing. So that seems sounds, like a waste of raspberry pulp, it but okay. It sounds like we're plugging a watermelon with tequila. So I, I don't know about that. All right. Well, anyways, sorry, everybody. Uh, this is a wild card, maybe. It yeah. was a wild card, but I, yeah. I am enjoying it here and uh, we will uh, move on, shall so we? I guess probably at this point, our listeners can probably um, figure out that um, Don and Pam are the bourbon scotch drinkers and Deidre oh, no and Scott are no. not. <laughs> so, no, oh. Yeah, no scotch for me. Yeah, mm. but bourbon. Oh, I live. I live for it. Well, <laughs> Well, it's been quite the education looking up all these cocktails and uh, filling, stocking our liquor cabinets in obscure kinds of, uh, of things. So we'll have to see how we can make use of those as we move forward. Right, ladies? Uh, hey, you guys, maybe at the end of the year, we make garbage can punch. Like we just dump everything, <laughs> everything in a, and get wasted or whatever. No, wah, no. Wah. Okay. Okay, well, these stories tonight are very, very um, dear to my heart because they take place in uh, Arkansas, yeah. and that's where I was raised, and I spent a lot of time in Eureka Springs back when yeah. I was a young hippie in the 70s. I did uh, too, in the 80s, in the 70s. Ah, uh, well, yeah, there was a very large hippie community over there, and um, uh, we would go on the weekends and just have a, a great old time. It was, it was wonderful, and and then in subsequent years, anytime somebody would come to visit, I'd always take them to Eureka Springs. And, and it's very historic and has some really groovy stories that, um, that the first one, our big one, Deidre's going to take it. So Deidre, take it. Okay, so I was just going to say, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about doing this one because I feel like we just don't have the, the time we, um, we need to devote to like Eureka Springs in general and also to this really beautiful and unusual building and its inhabitants. Um, I know a lot of people that are affiliated with it and Eureka Springs. And so, I don't know, I think maybe at some point, um, one of my resources, uh, we may have to have her on to give us a little background information or even tell us some of her ghosty or spooky stories that she's had um, experienced. So anyway, so I'm actually um, giving uh, my, well, I'm actually doing my story on uh, the Crescent Hotel. Yay. So, Yay. Is, 
Yay. Yeah. So the now it's on the hill. That's right. It's right now. It's called the 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa. But um, I want to let you know that Eureka Springs, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, was um, originally known for more than 60 um, hot, well, springs. Um, they were um, healing water and that attracted thousands of visitors in the late 19th century. And so in 1881, uh, the railroad arrived, and for nearly 80 years, it brought visitors in to drink and bathe in the magic water, right? Um, the hotel itself opened on May 1st, 1886, at the cost of $294,000, which seems like a drop in the bucket right now, but at that time, I'm sure that was, uh, I don't, I, we, I didn't research, I don't know how much money that was back in the day, but it was a lot of money, a right? Lot. That's yeah. a lot, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was built by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Frisco Railroad, and it was touted as America's most luxurious resort hotel. It featured like, you know, large airy rooms and was just decorated with all this opulence and um, it was just really extravagant. So uh, it did really, really well when it first opened. And um, then as things happen, um, started to die down a little bit. And in 1902, the hotel uh, was leased to the Frisco Railroad for five years. And then due to slow business that happened during the winter, um, the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women opened and it provided an education to women until 1934 or so. So um, after the conservatory moved on about three years later uh, in 1937, the infamous Norman Baker purchased the hotel and remodel remodeled it into the Baker Cancer Center. Well, it turns out that Norman had no medical training, but he did have a background in vaudeville and other suspicious things. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That's well, all it takes. Uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. An actor. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Exactly. So he, came to, he, he claimed to have discovered the cure for cancer. And it was an elixir, really, which was nothing more than a useless mix of watermelon seed, brown corn silk, alcohol, and carbolic acid. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, many people died under his care, and um, while the American Medical Association attempted to shut him down, it wasn't until 1940 that he was jailed for mail fraud due to the flyers oh. about the elixir and the cure that he sent through the Postal Service. So, uh, Baker earned more than $500,000 per year before investigators discovered his scheme, and then um, just kind of a little background, and this will kind of come into play a little bit later. Um, he had a love for lavender and purple, and he often wore a lavender tie. Um, and then he also ended up painting the hotel towers lavender as well. Hmm. Okay, so just a little background there. Okay. So um, <laughs> after that, um, you know, it saw numerous renovations and owners. There was a fire in 67. Um, finally, in 1997, uh, Marty and Elise Rennick purchased both the Crescent Hotel and the Basin Park Hotel, which also has its own um, inhabitants and ghosts. Um, Elise is still the owner. Uh, Marty passed away a few years ago, I believe, but Elise still owns both the Crescent and the Basin. And the Crescent has been featured on a couple of TV shows, including one of 
used to be our favorites. I don't know. We still kind of watch it, I guess, but Ghost Hunters, um, it was on mm. Paranormal Witness and Ghost Adventures, which I believe that is Screamin' Zack, right? Screamin' Zack! Screamin' Zack! <laughs> We Who's love Screaming Zach. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know Screaming Zach. He's no, awesome. awesome. He is oh, awesome, awesome, but he screams a lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to get into the ghosties. Okay. So the most famous ghosts um, include the infamous Dr. Baker himself. Uh, um, he has been said uh, to be seen in the shape of a man, obviously wearing purple, which is that color he often wore. And he uh, reportedly appeared in the recreation room, in the basement, and at the foot of the stairs. And they say that this spirit um, resembles photographs of Baker, okay? Um, there was a house physician at the Crescent for um, 20 years or so. His name was Dr. Ellis. He was, um, he was beloved. They re people really um, loved him. And they um, say that you can smell his pipe tobacco. It's a special cherry flavored or aroma, you know, pipe tobacco. And that's been smelled in the hallway, as well as his half body apparition has been seen getting off the elevator. Okay. Ooh. Ah. Yes. So um, supposedly a young woman died when she plummeted from a balcony to the floor below. No one knows whether she was pushed or she took her own life. Today, some guests report seeing her spirit standing near the balcony and hearing her screams. Oh, who's mm. that lady? Yeah. Um, another one that actually is seen, I think, pretty often is a nurse um, that is rolling what sounds and looks like a metal medical cart. So she's pushing that down the hallway, probably trying to find Dr. Baker. And then hotel employees have reportedly seen Victorian figures in dress attire in the crystal dining room, and they've been dancing and drinking. So this usually takes place um, in the early morning. And along with that, there is sometimes a silent, well-dressed man who's having a drink and a man who says that he's waiting for a lovely girl he saw the night before. Okay. So those are some okay. of the, yeah, some of the, the ghosts that have been seen. Now, one of the most famous ghosts is Michael. Michael was an Irish stonemason um, who fell from the top of the structure during construction. His room, or what is said to be his room now, was is 218, and it's said to be the most active room on property. Uh, it's also the most requested. Okay, so he was very young. He was 17 and uh, supposedly girl crazy. So he was up on the top of the structure um, during the building process and um, saw a beautiful young woman um, down below walking, I guess, through the construction site and he tried to wave at her. Well, he lost his footing and he fell from the top of the hotel down to the beam on the second floor where room 218 ends up being, okay? Whoa. So guests have heard a loud boom and the floor shake, covers have been pulled off, hands have been grabbed, dentures have been hidden, and all of this attributed to Michael, as well as he apparently messes with lights and doors and electronics. So um, this is going to come into play here in a minute, but people can sometimes hear a falling man's scream. And a, one guest alleges that they saw blood on the walls and hands coming out of the room's mirror. So, um, 
Yeah. That's so, creepy. Very mm, it is creepy. a little creepy. A little creepy. Yeah. But he's not, you know, um, he, he's not malicious or anything like that. So we're going to move on to um, Theodora. And uh, Theodora, I actually just talked to um, my dear friend, Lynn Berry. And I'll tell you a little bit more about her. She is currently the first lady of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And uh, she's married to the honorable mayor himself, Mr. Butchberry. But she let me know that um, Theodora was a former cancer patient who didn't really ever leave her room. Um, her space uh, has seen a few disturbances. Visitors have reported hearing fumbling for keys outside the door and others have claimed their belongings appeared like reorganized. And it's even been reported that she has packed visitors bags um, ready for them to, I guess, get out of her room. Lynn <laughs> <So, laughs> says that um, Dr. Baker Okay, now this Theodora was one of the cancer patients, right? So Dr. Baker was notorious for having the patients write a covey of letters to keep on hand in the event that his cure didn't work. And that way he was able to continue, um, you know, gouging parents and loved ones for money for treatments. Oh, yeah. That's awful. So he didn't date the letters. He held on to them. And uh, turns out that Theodora actually died uh, about a year and a half uh, before he stopped gouging them, before they found out that she was gone. Oh, so, okay. yeah. oh that's so, creepy too. Or yeah. Theodora, I know. So Lynn was working, I think it was in 2004, she was working with the Ghost Hunters. And um, Jason and Grant, our buddies, Jason and Grant, we don't really know them, but we feel like we do, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> they had... Uh, <laughs> they had made it in pretty late and um, hadn't had anything to eat. So everybody was sitting around the dining room and the crew was setting up and Jason decided he was going to go on up to his room and um, Lynn showed Grant where his room was. So um, he ended up staying in Theodora's room. And so he dropped his bag on the bed and he laid his, I, they showed this on, uh, or at least they talked about it on the episode. Um, but um he laid his laptop bag against a bench that was at the foot of the bed, right? Mm -hmm. So they left. Um, she took him on a tour to kind of just walk around the grounds kind of and, and show him um, some ideas for shots for the next day or whenever they were going to start filming. And um, they were gone probably, she said, 20 to 30 minutes. And so they walked back up to his room. And when they got there, he put the key in the door, but it was uh, kind of stuck. And so they figured, well, you know, it's a hundred year old hotel, doors swell, things get stuck, you know? And so he kind of put his shoulder into it and opened the door up and he said, I, there's something behind the door. Well, um, when they finally got the door open, his laptop bag had been placed up against the door and um, was not uh, where he had left it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And when did so, the, what year was this that this 2004, happened? 2004, I think, I think is what Ooh. she told me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's Theodora. She was evidently ready for Jason to uh, get on out of there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was Grant, I guess, Grant to get on out of there. So anyway, Lynn also said that she had a friend of hers uh, stay in Michael's room one time. And so this is kind of spooky. So um, the next morning, they Lynn called her friend to make their plans for the day. And um, her friend answered the phone and, and said, well, hey, that was not funny. 
and Lynn laughed and she said, what are you, what are you talking about? And the friend said, Hey, that was not funny, Lynn. And Lynn was like, I, I, what, what are you talking about? Well, the friend had been in the shower and when she got out written in the fog on the mirror were the words, did I scare you? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Now let me just say as the debunker, if you did that once, wouldn't when the mirror fogged back up, wouldn't you see it again? Not if somebody if cleaned the it off. cleaning lady didn't clean yeah. it very well. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. The cleaning the lady <laughs> is just a psycho. Maybe, Maybe she's in code. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, so Lynn called Bill Ott, who was a is a, is a longtime friend, and he's a manager at the hotel, and um, asked if he'd done anything to prank her friend. And he said, he said, Lynn, I don't have time to run around at seven a.m. in the morning scaring naked women. <laughs> oh. So Bill said that it was not him, at least, but. Anyway, so over the years, you know, numerous, there's been numerous sightings of apparitions in the basement, which is um, actually where the morgue was during the cancer center days. Um, so ghost hunters actually captured, this is probably one of the coolest things I ever saw on ghost hunters. I agree. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Uh, okay. It so was awesome. It was really awesome. <laughs> so they actually captured the heat signature of what looked like a man in a cap okay like a kind of a civil war cap on a locker down in the basement down in the morgue and while they initially thought it was a man from the civil war era due to the cap style lynn and her group determined that it was um most likely michael uh, the stonemason based on pictures that they've had they have from the past and um the stonemason's caps that they wore um so anyway it, it, it was really I, it, it was very exciting to me to see that. I mean, number one, to know our, my history with the Crescent. I mean, just, you know, being there and staying there and, and everything. And then um, to actually see something that I, it, it was a heat signature. And I mean, you know, I don't know. They didn't wow. debunk it. They didn't have, they, they didn't uh, figure out how somebody could have, um, fixed that so it were to happen. But anyway, I'm gonna try to find um, a link of that uh, particular episode so you can watch that sometime. Yeah, that's now, great. Yeah, so now hey, I- So can I interrupt you and just of course. say, yep. I think um, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, because I was just looking oh, probably you were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll give you the link. Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. So that's okay, no, that's good. So. Um, I, uh, over the years, have stayed at the hotel three times in Basin Park uh, once and a couple other hotels um, that are supposedly haunted there. But um, uh, Basin Park, nothing happened there. Crescent, I, I had a few experiences, okay? And I will tell you, I wasn't able to sleep uh, at any time that I stayed there. <laughs> so, <laughs> just so you know, don't expect to get any sleep if you're staying with me. All right. Unless you're me. Unless you're Dina. And <laughs> that's what I'm coming it. to right <laughs> now. So the first time I ever stayed at the Crescent, I was with mom and Dina and we were in a room. Yeah, because the they don't like me and they just leave me places. Oh, you were in exactly a different it. state. Oh. Yes. Way to, way to blow that, Pam. I was about to get sympathy. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Dina uh, and mom and I stayed across from Michael's room. Okay. And uh, Dina uh, and I had uh, kind of requested a room. Well, I, maybe I did uh, a room known for kind of on reactivity. Um, we didn't really have anything happen in the room. And that night um, we had taken the ghost tour. Um, we had, uh, gone upstairs for a nightcap and uh, Dean and I did and mom stayed in the room. I don't know if she was like hoping to have an experience or what, but um, she stayed downstairs. Dean and I went up, uh, had a nightcap, came back downstairs um, and decided <laughs> we were ready for bed. We were worn out. So Dean and I shared a bed and mom had her own. All right. And it was two like queen size beds with a, you know, little nightstand between them. Right. Okay, so around 3 a.m., mom and I both heard this horrific moan, moan in the hallway, um, or possibly across the hallway, uh, if it came from Michael's room, and uh, it, it woke me, like, straight up, completely straight up out of a really deep sleep, um, and I was so freaking scared that I didn't move, I didn't do anything. I kind of laid there and I looked to see or listened to see if Dina had heard it. <laughs> she oh, funny. was sawing logs <laughs> there to protect me. I, I kind of looked over at mom, mom hadn't moved and I thought, oh my God, oh, I am not, I'm, I'm not pulling the covers down. I am not pulling the covers down. <laughs> so I um, laid there uh, uh, with the blankets pulled up over my head, not wanting to move or make a sound in case whatever that was came into the room, uh, while Dina was sleeping straight through it. Uh -huh. Um, ah. we, we got up the next morning and, um, we all kind of, you know, talked about it and laughed about it. And I, uh, called down to the front desk to see if anybody else had reported hearing it or if there was, you know, any commotion going on, uh, the night before. And at that time, no one else had. Um, what <laughs> was really intriguing to me was that the hotel is, I mean, the floor is really creaky and there were steps just down the hallway from our room, um, on actually on both sides of us, but we, we really didn't, I didn't hear and mom didn't, I guess, didn't hear any footsteps or like any, any giggling or, you know, <laughs> you know, or anything like that, trying to, to pull something on people so, sort of trying on that to stage floor. something, right? Some, right, right. Stage thing. So, I, I, and I will say, I mean, it was really a an, an eerie. It was really eerie. I mean, it was a a man in pain. Is what Can it, you it recreate sounded. it? Oh gosh, Could you no. recreate oh, it right now? Mm -hmm. We know we don't have enough cocktails. Remember yeah. the Bigfoot <laughs> story? <laughs> I don't know. No, it was. He was just really, and I mean, it was just a painful. Uh, a groan. I mean, it was really scary. It was hollow and eerie and it was just weird. So anyway, we all kind of laughed about it. Mom and I kind of laughed about it the next morning because we were both too scared to, to even move and we should have gotten up. I mean, we really should have gotten up, but we just, I, I couldn't. I was, Dina was asleep. She wasn't protecting me. I thought mom was asleep and she wasn't protecting me. And so I wasn't going to move, <laughs> you know. But your mom did hear it. Mom. Oh, she totally heard it. Yeah, oh, she okay. did. Mm -hmm. All right.
Yep. She just didn't move. Okay. She didn't move either. She said the same thing. She just kept the blankets pulled up over her head. So, wow. so, so are you are you going to tell the story about the lady during the ghost tour or can I tell? Oh, that please story? tell. Yeah, no, go ahead. You can tell that. Okay. So we're on the ghost tour before this ever happened. And we're up on, I don't, I don't know. We're up on one of the higher floors and this woman breaks into comes out of her hotel rooms and breaks into it and is freaking out she's like come here come here look at this oh my god oh, oh. and i'm like all right so i walk in there to see because you know i was looking for a ghost her husband is in bed like not pajamas i don't think he had a shirt on he was in bed and she just invited the entire ghost hunting tour. team yeah tour. like the whole tour <laughs> to her room because there were handprints on her bedspread but i was just like hey oh. sorry you knew you were sleeping <laughs> yeah pardon me sir can i get you a shirt <laughs> uh, yeah all right yeah that's my story there's my ghost good, hunting yeah. story I, yeah that's good so um wow. so so uh, my next experience was uh, in August of 2013, and I was giving my husband the Tencent ghost tour. Um, we weren't staying at the Crescent that time. We stayed um, at the Palace Hotel and Bathhouse, which is home of the infamous neon penis sign. But uh, that's another story. We'll talk about maybe some other time. No, can I tell it? I'm sorry. I had to throw oh. the cat off the desk. I'm going to tell this. Okay. So if you, we'll, we'll find a picture of it, but my, so. I have oh, one. Okay, good. So my aunt is only like four and a half years older than me. So I spent a lot of time with her. And one day she took me right across from the Palace Hotel and there's a bunch of, right across the street are a bunch of, um, it's a building that's sort of got, um, uh, 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 I don't, what do you call them? I mean, to keep the building from falling into the road, there are braces into the rock. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good enough. Okay. So she points at the sign and she goes, do you know, notice anything about that sign? And I look at it and okay. I forgot to say I'm like 17. And so she points at it again. She goes, look closer. And I look at it and I go, it's spelled palace. <laughs> uh, she dies. And no, it looks like a penis because those sign those um buildings across the road were whorehouses. And the Palace Hotel was the main place. So Oh my goodness. You can't ever call it the Palace Hotel. You must call it the Palace Hotel. The Palace. I'm so sorry. Well All now right. I have in my own story about the palace, I think. My cousin that uh, married in 1995 at the Palace Hotel. Palace. I mean, she, she, the, the wedding Palace. party stayed there. They they got married at Thorn Thorn Crown Chapel. But uh, yeah, I've been in the Palace. Yeah, Palace. it's beautiful. Palace. The Palace. Yes. The Palace, Palace Hotel. The Palace. It's beautiful. Or okay. the Penis uh, Sign Hotel. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'd missed the ghost tour. Okay, so we were staying at the Penis Hotel. We missed the ghost tour. Um, and so I thought, well, I've been through it. I'll just, you know, kind of walk into the places. It's been a few years, but I can, you know, kind of remember where we went. So um, Robert was armed with a fancy digital camera, right? And I had like, I think I had an iPhone 5 at the time. And 
we uh, went through the hotel taking pictures, trying to catch some orbs or apparitions or whatever. So one of the tricks is to take a picture into the mirror that's on a stairwell. Okay, so you take a picture into the mirror aimed up at the landing on the second floor. All right. And so you're supposed to take like wherever you go, you're supposed to take several pictures in a row. All right. Um, and so um, I wouldn't, I don't know, I, I took my pictures and we, I took him to the next spot and um, taking pictures and he was taking pictures and I, you know, kind of, I would look at him initially and I, we, we caught some orbs and things like that, but nothing, nothing big. Well, we finally, we made it up all the way upstairs. We've gone all the way downstairs, I think, and maybe all the way upstairs. And um, I was kind of done, but he was still taking pictures, right? So I started going back through all my pictures on my phone and scrolling through them, flipping through them. And I came across the ones that I had taken uh, the landing. And um, I scrolled back and forth a few times. And in the three before it, there's nothing on the landing. And the two after it, there's nothing on the landing. Um, but that one picture that I sent you guys earlier tonight. Oh, yeah. There is a half-body apparition of what looks like, to me, um, a, a Victorian-era era woman. Okay? It's a half-body. Um, she is uh, coming out of the floor. Um, I see a face. I see her hair pulled back into a loose bun, uh, kind of piled on top of her head. And I see a white dress high neck dress with kind of puffy-ish sleeves. Um, and I see an eyeball, an eye, one eye, looking straight at me. Um, and it looks like she has some type of hair wrap or something yeah, in her hair, or maybe too. a hat or, or yeah, yeah. You're right, or some scarf yeah, or something. Yeah, I noticed kind of that. I noticed that. In. It looked like there was something on her head from the picture that you sent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, yeah. that was at the Palace Hotel or the Crescent? No, that was at the Crescent. We were okay, I'm sorry. staying at the Palace, but okay. I gave the Tencent tour of the Crescent. Okay. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Because so. I thought always thought it was at the Crescent, and I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so anyway, I will definitely post that on social media and um, our extras and all that kind of good stuff because uh, that was uh, that was pretty amazing to me. And I, I did show it to the folks at the Crescent, and they said it was one of the best um, apparitions that they had ever seen on on Ooh, film. Ooh, so, that's very cool, Deidre. Well, digital, yeah. So um, it, it it is very cool, and I. I mean, I, every time I come across it, uh, you know, if I'm going back through old pictures or whatever, or when I'm looking for it, um, it always just amazes me. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and we, like I said, we got some other orbs and things like that, but um, that was, that was the best thing that I have ever, you know, taken paranormal, mm -hmm. par what I, what am I trying to say? Ghost, you know, ghost wise, I guess. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so um, the third time I stayed, um, or maybe this was this, I, this could have been the fourth time. Anyway, um, I was in a room by myself and, uh, I was helping out with an only in the Ozarks fam, which is, uh, like a media tour, um, that us PR folks do sometimes in the Ozarks and show, uh, media and journalists what we have to offer and what makes our area so special. And I just want you to know that I was so freaking scared. I left the lights on and the TV on and I did not see the inside of my eyelids at all <laughs> that entire night. 
I tried to get one of the other hosts who was a female to spend the night in my room with me. She was across the hall and she would not do it. She thought I was crazy. <laughs> oh, I, uh, yeah. So yeah, so lights on, every light in the whole room. I had this, I had this beautiful corner room, looked out over uh, the mountains and yeah, beautiful room. Uh, it was even beautiful at four o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So now I, you know, I, there are so many other stories about, um, the Crescent and, and I, I think it's interesting that, you know, none of the ghosts are really malicious or vengeful. They're all just maybe a little ornery and mischievous. And, and I think that as soon as we get through this pandemic, a trip to the Crescent, uh, is going to happen and yeah. we're all going to stay in Michael's room because yeah. I'm not doing it by myself. Oh, you have to wake me up this time. And I gotta wake I fall asleep, you have to wake no, me up. I yep. don't, I'm going to sleep like three days before because I hate <laughs> that stuff and I will just stay awake all night. That's I'm what I did. Done. I know. I'm ready to go. I'm um, ready to go. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it's really a beautiful building um, and a, a lot of fun. That whole town is so much fun. So Yay. that well, is, uh, that's the big one. Oh, that was good. Woohoo! Good job. Yay, Deidre. Let's give her a hand. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Good job. Good job. Oh, great. Thanks, Deidre. That was wonderful. Now we're going to go to the little one. And Dina's got the little one. So, Dina, kick it off. All right. Here we go. Okay. Um, Eureka Springs, Arkansas was founded on July 4th, 1879. Several local Indian tribes spoke of a great healing spring that many believed to be the Basin Spring. Visitors flooded the area looking for these magical waters, of which were later determined to be a total of 63 springs. These waters were said to heal diseases from eczema and hay fever to women's diseases and paralysis. Wait with a minute. Many in between. What is a woman's <laughs> disease? Oh, hysteria. Diseases, yeah. Probably hysteria. Not, yeah. not just one, many. All of them. Yes. With the promise of a cure, many different walks of life saw its way to the town through the years. So the Bridgeford House was built in 1884 after the Civil War by Captain John Bridgeford and his wife Mary. Many have seen Mary walking in the parlor and the original kitchen wearing period clothing. In 1997, when Henry and Linda Thornton bought the house, a freezer in the basement kept moving away from the wall. They would push it back only to find it moved away the next time they went down. The activity ended as mysteriously as it had begun in about a week. They also had a clock radio that went off at 1 a.m. the second night they were there. It sounded as if there were three or four people having a conversation, though they could not make out the words. When they would get close to the clock, the voices would stop. On closer inspection, they found that the radio was not even on. The Bridgeford House is now a bed and breakfast and does have nightly ghost tours, though it does not advertise as being haunted. But most of this information came from a book by Robert James and Ann Powell Wodarski, and it is titled uh, Dinner and Spirits. And now I want to read the whole thing because okay, it's, but about, it's about bed and breakfasts all over uh, the South, I think. Oh, Nina said breakfasts. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
bed. What are you drinking, Dina? <laughs> water. water. I'm having water. <laughs> she can say it like breakfast. Breakfast says. Okay, Did you sorry. understand what I was meaning? That's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where is it? Does you, does it say where it is? Did you like? Yes, in, it is on Spring Street. Hey, oh, okay. Deidre, yeah. if you go look at the picture, you will recognize it because I just looked online. I was like, "What is this?" Oh, yeah. yeah. So the next haunted property is known for its signage first and foremost. What could that be? It a might lace? be a tennis <laughs> And a that, penis? of course, is the Palais Hotel. Palais was Palais. Yeah, Palais. It was built in 1900, and it was opened in 1901. So it opened originally advertising as a bathhouse. It was later during Prohibition reported to be a bordello. It was at this time, Rosemary, a lady of the evening, was killed in the throes of passion. It's said that she still resides in room number four. Throws of passion. So how? Throws of passion. Well, how did? Well, okay. Yeah. How'd that happen? Heart attack? (laughs) Knife? No, Um, I think the gentleman she was with was the reason for her to be killed in the throes of passion. So, all right. One account throws of passion, not hers. Yeah. Probably she was probably not feeling passion, which Mm might have been why he killed her. Okay. What I so did one account love. one account tells of a lady and her husband getting frisky when there was a loud bang on the door. On opening the door, there of course was no one there. The woman believes this to be the madam from the old brothel, upset because she had not been paid her fees up front. <laughs> and I also found a YouTube video from um, it was called Lost Image Paranormal. And they were performing an, uh, an investigation at the Palace. Um, it's about 12 minutes long. And so it's, it's, it's a little long to watch. But there are, at the end, they do show several pictures of some orbs. And they do find some recorded voices. Um, there's things, they hear somebody say thank you. They hear a hey. They hear a girl scream, which is kind of, you have to listen, listen to it. Like you need headphones in to listen to it. And then there's also a scary kill, kill. Like, Ooh, that was scary, yeah. Dina. That was really that good, good. That was good. Thanks. Thanks. That's Very my theatrical. theater background. Very theatrical. <laughs> yes, it's acting. Okay. And also there are several K2 meter spikes. So um, I, I have put that, um, that YouTube video out there so you guys can watch that. What's a and K2? Again, that is, it's like an EMF reader. Oh, okay. Okay. So this brings us to the final spooky property, and it's right back at the Crescent Park. The Lookout Cottage Estates, built in 1902, sits atop the mountain in Crescent Park. They include the Grotto, Lookout, and the Gatehouse, which also includes Anchorage and Sweet Alice, all of which surround the five-bedroom, four-and-a-half-bath manor home. Yeah, I've wanted so, to stay there before. Yeah, me too. This. But okay. now maybe you don't want to because listen. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> okay. Some guests driving up to the estate's front gate have seen a ghostly light in the upstairs anchorage window. On further inspection, no light source can be found. Another anchorage ghost story is that of a couple just going to bed 
watching a blue orb travel from the living room doorway across the bedroom and disappear, disappear through an upstairs door. The next day, the husband made an unrelated call to his mother, who explained a blue orb was harmless, even though he had not mentioned the mysterious incident to her. Ooh. Okay. Oh, yeah. So who are these ghosts? Some say they could be the spirit of Marge Lyons and her husband, Jedge. She was a feature writer for the Chicago Tribune and frequented Eureka Springs in the late 1940s for the healing benefits of the Springs. Others say that it is that of her nurse, Alice Coleman, who is called the founder of the modern day spa movement. Or it could be Alice's wealthy gentleman client who, upon his death, left her the gatehouse and adjoining guest quarters, which later became known, she named them the Anchorage and the Sweet Alice. Or maybe even the spirit of Irene Castle, renowned dancer and actress whose spirit Mm. is also known to haunt the Crescent Hotel. Yes, she is. I almost talked about her, but I cut her out because uh, time. Yeah. Oh, Irene Castle. I love her. So whoever it is that haunts the quarters of these properties, it is no doubt that the spirits of Eureka Springs still have much they have to say. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's, that's my little story. That's Yay. awesome. Thank you, that's little, little one. I did. So, uh, yeah, I almost uh, talked about um, Irene Castle uh, and her husband because there are um, some ghosty stories that have happened kind of recently with her. Mm-hmm. Um, really? and some and some visitors yeah that a young lady was um talking to a princess and the princess used the words um pirouette and ballet and some other things that like this was a very young child that she probably wouldn't, wouldn't have known otherwise and so and just kind of tossing things around they figure it was probably um irene talking to her so, yeah, those yeah. are dancey yeah. terms. Only yeah. dancers know those yes. terms. Yeah. So when we go, we need to stay a night in that place and a night in the Palace and then a night in the Crescent. I yeah. think that's a great idea. <laughs> sure. hey, you know, one thing I, I forgot to do, and I, I promise I'll, I'll put this in my you know extras page, but I, I did want to say that a lot of the information that um, I got came from crescenthotel.com. Um, America's Most Haunted Hotel, uh, and then also Laura Allen uh, had some information on Ranker under uh, Haunting of Arkansas Crescent Hotel, uh, but I'll have all those uh, links listed. Um, I'm sorry that I forgot to mention yeah. those earlier. Fired. If they want to know where I got it from, they can look on that page because okay. I have a whole bunch that I went through. All right. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Eureka Springs is, is really rich with all these uh, stories and there's even more to tell. Maybe, maybe we'll do a subsequent story uh, on the area. Yeah. Um, absolutely fabulous. Good job, you girls. Yay. Thanks. And thanks Yay. to Lynn Berry for her time and sharing uh, her story of the ghost hunters with me. That was a lot of fun. We need to, we need to get Lynn in on this sometime. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we are about to wrap it up tonight. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you liked our podcast, be sure and give us some stars. Actually, mm-hmm. five would yep. be a really good number of stars to give us. <laughs> yep, <yeah. laughs> but we'll take them we, all. We like stars. We like yeah. stars. And remember, 
If you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.